This is Dr. Stephen Marquardt, and you are listening to Reach MDXM for medical professionals on Channel 233. Today's guest is Ernie Schubert, who is a film professional and an advocate for health and patient safety issues. Mr. Schubert decided to get the word out about how to take care of yourself in a healthcare environment. Ernie, you produce a film and have had it distributed. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it and why you produced it? About three years ago, I contracted a strep infection on my knee, a staph, excuse me, staph infection on my knee. It was a thing that kind of developed. I had a pain. I went to see an orthopedic doctor who I knew very well. He was busy, so he said his new associate would, uh, could, could handle this just fine. He didn't know it was an infection. He thought it was just a bursa, gave me a shot of uh, cortisone. And a week went by, I wasn't getting better. And another week went by, you know, I came back. I was, saw him three times. And each time he looked at it, he thought he'd try something else. And it just kept getting worse and worse until I ended up going into the emergency room on a Sunday morning. The resident who's from across the room walking into where they had put me just looked, took one look at it from afar and said, well, you've got some infection there. I figured, you know, an infection is not something all that worrisome. And after a little bit of hemming and hawing, they decided to bring in an infectious disease specialist. He took a look at it and started talking about possible surgery. You know, this is not something that to, to be treated lightly. And I was getting a little worried, but I thought for sure they would just probably give me another shot and I'd go home. But I ended up in the hospital for three and a half weeks, and I did have surgery. And when once they determined it was a staph infection, they started to educate me about it. The first thing about what happened here was that I was really upset over the fact that the first doctor did not recognize something that wasn't all that hard to recognize. I got to meet a whole lot of other medical people who were, who were very good. But in that three and a half weeks, I had a very frustrating time in the hospital. I'm an allergic person, and things came to me on my tray that were that I was allergic to, some of which I spotted right away, some of which I didn't, and I'm allergic to milk. I can I will get an anaphylactic shock type of reaction within five to ten minutes after I get enough milk. And they gave me something that was labeled labeled and such that I, I didn't think it was milk. I thought it was a milk substitute, which I drink and there was a sign right next to it, a very large sign that said allergic to milk. There was a experience I had where they I went to ultrasound. They were they, they did an ultrasound on my knee probably three times during that period of time. And the technician picked up a towel to wipe the gel off my knee at one point, and she dropped it on the floor. And she picked it up, and she was about to put it on my knee. And I, by that time, I was getting pretty defensive, and I, I told her, I grabbed her wrist. I said, don't do that. And she was not really happy about that. They sent me home with a pump to pump penicillin into my arm 24 hours a day and taught me how to use it. And the visiting nurse came out and the other day and I knew very soon that something was wrong with that, that it was clogged. I felt it was clogged, and I kept saying, telling him it was clogged. They called and said, this is not pumping right. Something's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. You know, don't worry about it. And then after a few days, she said, you know, it is clogged. And then I went back in the hospital, spent the whole weekend just waiting for somebody to come and put a new needle in that I can go home. And so, I mean, there were just, just one thing after another after another. And I came came back from that on crutches and spoke to a couple of friends of mine in the business who were one of who rents space for me and the other one is a PR director wife and uh, uh, she said you should make a video and I, I let that go for a while and then they made me do it and so it's four of us produced the video things you need to know before entering the hospital is um, about 20 minutes long about half of it are people just telling their stories people who have much worse stories than mine my, my story is nothing 
compared to what what happens to, to some people, really life-threatening events. And the other half is a kind of lighthearted approach to things that you can do. It's gotten a lot of good reviews. We've got a lot of patient safety organizations that are buying copies of it, individuals are buying copies of it. What are some of the things that you see from your personal experience that they could have maybe done a little bit better or, or a little bit differently so that it would have improved your outcome or your experience? Well, there certainly should have been one person who knew what was going on all the time. And that doesn't seem to be something hospitals do. One of the experiences I had was that I've been waiting to hear from, from the doctor as to when I could go home and, and, and as to what, what the situation was as far as the tests coming back. They were taking blood all the time, and I wasn't, nobody was telling me what, whether it was getting better or not. So I was waiting for the doctor, who I was told would probably be along uh, before too long. In fact, I, I mean, I had, I had talked to him, and he said he'd be coming in sometime during the morning. And they came to take me away to take a test, and there's always some test to take. And sure enough, when I get back, the nurse told me, oh, you missed the doctor. He was here, as if that that's, you know, just no, no big thing. And so the next morning, I'm waiting again for him to come. They come to take me for a test. And I say, I'm not going and because I want to talk to the doctor, and this just can't keep going on like this. Nobody can tell, him, tell me when anybody's going to be here, whether it was the infectious disease doctor or whether it was the surgeon or whether it was my internist. Nobody knows anything. So, you know, you're, you're in a situation where you are sick and you're feeling even worse because it's very frustrating. I sense the, the frustration. Is it also an element of disappointment and powerlessness, too? There's some of that. And the thing is this, that, that one of the things we learned was it, it, the more my wife was around to go out, because I, I was stuck on an IV. I couldn't go anywhere. But she could go around. <laughs> and she could go around asking questions. And, of course, I had the telephone. That was good. I could call my doctor every so often and hope that he'd actually get back to me, which doesn't always happen. So she was able to act as your advocate. That's, and that is so important. Having somebody who's there a lot and who can get to know as certain people go off duty and on duty and waiting for you, watch you, you find that, for instance, some nurses are more helpful than others. What, what are some of the other incidents that happened in the film that would be of interest? We had a, there's a situation in the film, a young woman who has a chronic problem, and she's in the hospital quite a bit. And they came one day and said, okay, we're taking it to dialysis. And she said, well, I don't have dialysis. That's not my, I've got enough problems, but dialysis is not one of them. I'm not going to dialysis. And they insisted. And they actually wheeled her out of the room. And she had to scream at the, at, at very loud to get the attention of a nurse who, who knew who she was and knew what she was supposed to happen. But there was, you know, once again, there's, there's, a, there's a real uh, lack of coordination on these sorts of things. I would think there'd be in hospitals in this day and age, there'd be enough cross-checking. There was a story of the man who went in for day surgery, and when it was time for him to go home, he really wasn't ready, but they were going to make him go home anyway. And uh, his wife was not up to the job of being a proper advocate because she was just too emotionally involved, but she had brought along a friend. Uh, The friend saw what was happening, and the friend insisted that he be allowed to stay. The message that comes up over and over again in the video is have somebody with you. When you're sick, you're really not in the best position to defend yourself. And it's, it's, it's very sad that you have to think about it in those terms, but hospitals are big, busy places. A lot of people are overworked. Basically, you have to have your own person to watch over you. There's a lot that revolves about that and, and how you do that. And, of course, the more experience you have in the hospital, the better you get it, which is kind of a sad way to, 
to, to have to think about it. And it sounds like, from what you're saying, that the people particularly vulnerable to this happening would be the older population who maybe are, are alone, who happen not to be as good at advocacy as, say, like your wife was for you. Yes. We actually do illustrate that a little bit in the video. We have an older person in bed with somebody helping them. And one of the things we illustrate, we just happen to use the older person for that, is, is to make sure, for instance, if somebody comes in and wants to take blood from you or somebody comes in and is giving you medication, is that you make sure that it's if, if it's if there's two people in that room, you make sure that, that first of all, that it's you and not that it really shouldn't be going to the other bed and that it really belongs to your room if they happen to walk into the wrong room accidentally because they're just a little short of where you are and want to give you something that you shouldn't have. I, I had that with medication, not on this experience, but another time I was in the hospital and they were giving me trying to give me somebody else's pills. That can be really hard to recognize because they don't necessarily give you the same color pill that you're used to taking and when I questioned it right away, they said, oh, don't worry about it. This is, you know, this, it's the same stuff. And, but I made sure I said, do you tell me what that is? And I have a long list of, of medication that I take, and I knew that it didn't match my list of medication, which he had there. Once they realized they'd made a mistake, they're, they, they don't want to give you the wrong medication. They're quick to rectify. But it, it is difficult because sometimes you, you really do have to tell somebody who thinks they know their, their job that they're not doing their job right. And you, you have to, if you're going into a hospital and it's your life, things can happen and go wrong very, very quickly. That's one of those big reasons for having the advocate. I mean, if you, I, was in, I wasn't even feeling all that sick once, once we got past a certain point and I was able to take care of myself. It wasn't possible for somebody to be there 24 hours a day. But, but if somebody, like, for instance, when my 95-year-old mother goes in the hospital, somebody's there, we make sure somebody's there all the time. This is one of the other points made in, in the video. Depends on who you are. You know, some people need more help than others. Probably the number one message that we like to, to say, if you get nothing else out of our video, it's make sure that you have an advocate. Where can someone get this video? Where can you get the video? They can get it at patientsafetyvideo.com. We uh, charge $29 for it. And I understand some of it, some of the proceeds go to an advocacy group. Yes. Now, that was. I certainly wish I had that written down in front of me. Well, it just so happens I do, and it's the Consumers Advancing Patient Safety. $2 from each sale will go to them, which is a very nice thing. Do you think that healthcare professionals would benefit from watching that? Because it would give them perhaps the patient slant on things. Yes. As a matter of fact, a lot of healthcare professionals have been buying the video. We've sold the video to nurses groups sell the video to many, many patient safety video groups around the country, which uh, it's amazing how many there are out there, all with the same issues. The, the organization that accredits hospitals. The Joint Commission? Yes, the Joint Commission has, has, has purchased a lot of copies of the video. Everybody who has seen it, uh, hospitals, uh, just, just we've had maybe just one medical professional that didn't say, this is a valuable video, this is something that, that people should see. Well, it certainly seems like it has a lot of good points to it. It's something that would definitely be worth watching, I think, for all healthcare professionals. I wanted to thank you, Mr. Ernest Schubert, for sharing that with us today and for taking the time to explain about things you should know before entering the hospital. Could I say one more thing? Please. It, it's very easy to watch. We use a little humor in there. It's not dull. 
and it's in two parts actually the first part is the is the basic message and then the second part is a series of of stories people tell of things that happened to them in hospitals and it's a very fast 20 minutes if you watch the entire thing thank you very much ernie oh, you're very welcome ernie schubert is a healthcare advocate and one of the filmmakers of things you need to know before going into the hospital and i'm dr stephen marquardt if you want to get a hold of the picture go to www.patientsafetyvideo.com. That's www.patientsafetyvideo.com. A portion of the proceeds are being donated to consumers advancing patient safety. Thanks for joining us today on ReachMD XM Channel 233, the channel for medical professionals.